podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Westerer is Bestera and what a week to be uh, in the west of Wales with uh, quite possibly the best Scarlet's performance in in a very, very long time. Here with me, as always, to rejoice and mock the Ospreys uh, is Big M. How's it going, Mart? How's things? I'm good, mate. I'm really, really good. You know, I had a brilliant night on Friday and you you can't ask for much more. How are you doing yourself? Yeah, it's, uh, do you know what, just being able to do a, a, a podcast and start with such a kind of a positive, it's been such a rough season. And even with the, you know, we're seven from the last eight, you know, and, and it's still like, well, it, some of them were like, yeah, some of them were um, European stuff. So, were they putting best sides out against us? Blah, blah, blah. You know, was it a real test? The Bulls game was a real test. It was a proper test. They came fully loaded. There were maybe one or two absences, but on the whole, they were pretty much fully loaded. And, you know, it was a brilliant game. And the boys just fronted up. It was, it's so nice to be able to start and go. It was a really good game. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's I, I I can't really put it into words, just because you know I I always believe like I, I say every week you know Scar's gonna win they're gonna you know, gonna smash and bonus point everything. Mm. But watching that game, and I was just thinking, okay, we're putting points on them in the first half. It's like yeah, okay, we know the balls. They concede a lot of points. They also score a lot of points. It's like okay, just waiting, just waiting for that bite back to come. And when it did. We fronted up massively. I mean, we put in almost two hundred tackles. Mm. It, it it was absolutely brilliant. You know, just from the defensive point of view. I, I know we conceded the four tries, but still, I, I mean, the work rate of everyone was outstanding. Mm. And the bit for me was we were pinned on our own line. We'd we'd given a penalty away, and we were pinned on our own line, but we were still tackling. We still took them through six, seven, eight phases. Do you know what I mean? And then advantage over, and then we turned it over. And it was you just get to that bit where you could see everybody was was fighting for it, you know. And at the start of the season, that that wasn't there. That wasn't there at the start of the season. So I think you know we're we're an attacking team. Scarlets are an attacking team. We we base what we do on let's score more tries, but. I think the defence on Friday was about the best I've seen it. Like you say, four tries, but four tries against a side that regularly runs in four, five, six tries. And, well, runs in. They they trundle them in from the front of a line is what they do. But just to, to front up and not be steamrolled by it was, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I really did. It was It was brilliant. There, there were just so many different things about that game. Like we, we spoke last week about how you can keep rugby simple. You know, if you've got the ball, they can't score. And it seems we did that for the first half hour. We built ourselves a lead, and then when we didn't have the ball, we would just, we just, we were just a brick wall. 
Mm. I mean, the, the South Africans are always going to be big runners. They're always they're going to make one or two meters per carry you know, on vast majority of their of their carries. But the fact that we were still getting up, fanning around, spreading out, it it is just that work rate and and that that want to be in position, that want to tackle, that want to work, mm. and it, it's just brilliant to watch. Hmm. Well, if you look, you see that the, the way people are getting up off the floor and, and getting back into position, and that's exactly what you're what you're saying about you know that desire to, if I'm on the floor, I'm out the game. I need to get up. I need to get back in position. And you know that was definitely missing at the start of the season. It was uh, so to see that come in now, um, it feels like we're building something. It don't feel like we're we're quite there, but it feels like we're building something quite good for for the future yeah it, it really does it seems as though a, a lot of things are sort of finally bedding in and you know being accepted that this is the way we're going to play it's like we talk about our defense we had a different defense course last coach last season we had gareth williams in this season and it, it's taken a little while for the systems to bed in or a little bit longer than i would have liked but they seem we're getting a lot again a lot of joy from it now. I mean, like you said, the work rate off the floor. I mean, everyone, well, almost everyone going in to try and jackal or trying to counter as that first man in, and we're not making the you know the silly mistakes of just piling boys into the ruck in the hope. We're picking and choosing our moments, and it's really really smart defensively. Hmm. Well, the there were a load of players that were impressive and this is when we started doing this at the start of the year is you know, somebody you might have one did player who had a decent game or you know they didn't have a poor game sort of thing and now we're into you know five or six people have really good games everybody has a has a pretty good game I don't think anybody had a poor game on on Friday you know when you look at that and you and you go right how was there anybody there that made any mistakes? Anybody that let stuff through? No, actually, everybody had a pretty solid game. And I think that's the difference, is, is that as a team, we're playing we're playing together now. We're playing as a as a team in, instead of in parts. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, they, they, there's always going to be the, the one or two handling errors that, that pop up, but, they, you know, they, that's absolutely nothing. You you expect that in a game, you, you're not going to be perfect 100% of the time. Mm. And you, you can literally, you can go through that full 15 and, and you can pick out every single player and you can say, well, they've done this, they've done that, they've done that. They, that's the minimum performance level seems to have raised a fair bit from the beginning of the season. And I think when you're in a group of players that has that kind of consistent improvement, you're naturally improving anyway. You know, you you look at you look at someone like Dan Davis now, who has pretty much come from nowhere. You know, he's been out injured for so long and just not been involved in stuff and and questions have been asked of him. You know, what's the point in keeping somebody who's who's um constantly injured and blah 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 you know the guy is on fire he's absolutely awesome defense attack everywhere i mean he's just awesome yeah just watching him like obviously i've liked dan davis i 
when he first started playing, I liked his jack and ability. And, uh, you know, we spoke before that he's bulked up a lot and that's, he's lost uh, a little bit from his game. He, he's still doing it, but not as, you know, as much as he did when he began. But mm. watching him now with ball in hand is... When, he, when you're looking at rugby as a coach and you're just looking at what they're doing and it's, it's, you're just thinking that's perfect. You know, the, the drive from his legs, you know, the pumping after contact... And then when he's taking the ball close to the defensive line, you know, you talk about your ABC, you talk about your agility before contact, making that step. And he's doing it almost every single time. It's, it's how he scored the try. I mean, mm. he took the ball, he ran to the player, he stepped, and he, that's how he got through it. And then mm. the spinning out the contact, oh, it's, it's just lovely to watch. And it was it was weird because for his try, it didn't look like he was close no. enough to score. And everyone was going, oh, what's the ref, what's the ref stop for? Was was it TMO? What's happened there? And then, oh, he's he good. It was like Michael Jordan in Space Jam. The arm just came out from nowhere and just boom. Yeah. And I think, again, that, that desire has been what's what's been missing. You know, that desire to, I'm going to go for the line. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take that responsibility and I'm going to score sort of a thing. And, and you know, just everything is feels positive at the minute, you know. So I tell you what we'll do. Let's look at the negatives to start with, and then we'll go back and then we'll talk about how awesome our players were. So which bits for you weren't quite functioning on uh, on Friday? Uh, the, the scrum wasn't as solid as I liked, uh, as I would have liked it to be, I should say. Uh, it was really annoying watching it because you could see it dead every single time like I don't know how much people really know, but if, if you see an elbow, you know, straight, then you know that's fine. It's when it is pull when it goes under, you're pulling down, or when it goes over, you're pushing down. And every single time their tight dead was really, really pulling on Matthias. And he went down a few times and you know, we got we got pinged a little bit for it. And it, it just little things like that don't get picked up. I mean, overall they, this scrum is gonna be stronger just because they've got the, the sheer size and the way they set it up. But I don't like that the little things are not getting pinged, and this is simple ones. You know, when you when you, when you you play prop and, you, and you're told, okay, this is how you do this, you're not allowed to do that. It's those things that, get, that you see every single game and they never get picked up, even when it's a scrum, you know, five metres from the line out and the bloody assistant ref is there. And you're just, you're just seeing... You know, one of the props just literally yanked the other player down. It's like, well, why are you not calling nothing? Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I thought on on the whole, I think Kenzie Mathias has a, a, a young prop because in the world of props, he's still a young prop. Um, oh, he's brilliant. I mean, yeah. at the start of the season, Stefan Thomas, I, I was really bigging up Stefan Thomas. I thought he was playing really well. And you know, Sims Kemsley has come back from his his few injury niggles. Wow, you know, I a few boys said that you know Matthias is going to be our number one pretty soon, and I was like, well, I haven't really seen him play, so I, yeah. I can't really judge that. But Jesus Christ, that that boy, he he's got a full all round game. Mm. And the good thing is, is that he comes, he's from the same club as as Rob Evans. You know, he's he's Arthur West boy, and um, to for. For them to produce two props of you know the similar kind of thing, you know, we uh, both got an all round game, both can scrummage, 
um, solid, decent players. Um, you know, something something's going right there. They must be gutted because they could do with a couple of decent props. But it's, do you know what I mean? To to for one club to produce two players who are at that, that kind of level is, you know, is a big thing for them. And and I reckon, you know, when you look at the front row, our front row at the minute is quite inexperienced. You know, when you take when you take Ken Owens out and Win Jones because they they they're both with Wales at the minute or injured. Yeah, Samson Lee is our other experienced prop and uh, injured for another couple of weeks. The the people that we've got to come in, they're not big names. They're not you know they're not really well known. They're just hard grafters. They they're the they're the boys that are actually putting in the hard work and the hard graft and doing a pretty solid job. And they're going to be there for a, a fair few years now, you know? Yeah. It's like we've probably played without second, third string, front row for 80% of the season. Mm. I mean, I Samson is our number one tight dead. You know, I, I know we had big hopes for Wilgriff John, but he, he just seems to have disappeared now. And, you know, Ken Owens has been back recently for us, and he's been awesome. And you know, Win Jones, he's you know he's had a couple of games off the bench, and I think one start. But for the vast majority of the season, we've been playing with not I don't want to say second tier, but you know our second string front row, yeah. and then our third string on the bench. And the fact that we are still being competitive and winning a lot of scrums in a lot of cases, mm. it. it it does make you look and think, you know, something is actually going right, you know, whether it is coming from the clubs that they're already at a decent level or through the academy or coming in with Ben Franks as our scrum coach. You know, some, there is something going well in regards to scrummaging at our club. Mm. And, you know, we, we've spoken about it being, you know, particularly at the start of the season, it, it was an area of concern for us, you know, and... I think this is the hard bit with fans, particularly in the front row, is is you've got to you you've got to play those games. You've got to get some game time. You've got to be on the pitch, and every scrum is a learning experience for a for a young. You look like Harry O'Connor every time he goes into a scrum. He's he's learning something. Do you know what I mean? He's not teaching anybody anything. He's he's learning, um, and that can only be good for us. It it takes time to build, and it will build. But I think that can only be a good thing for us going forward. Yeah. Talking about um, Harry O'Connor, he, he didn't spend a lot of time on the field on mm. Friday. And when he when he came off, it, I, I think he might have been holding his hand again. So uh, I'm, I'm just hopeful that he hasn't re-damaged those fingers or whatever it was that uh, kept him out for a few weeks. Yeah, because he had a broken hand, didn't he? And then he came back. They said on the telly it was a... a a damaged shoulder, but I think that was just them. Like he, he was kind of holding it into yeah, his chest, didn't he? Yeah, like his, his hand was like sort of where his belly button was, and it just didn't move for the entire mm. time he was walking off. So mm. obviously, this is just speculation from you know what we physically saw on a day. But you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that this it's not another knockback for the boy. See, here's something that we could probably ask for as a um, from the Scarlets. When you look at particularly the Irish sides, the Irish sides do this very well. They will give a uh, either a Monday night or a Tuesday morning update on injuries. 
Yeah, and they'll they'll go through. These are all the players that are um, injured or um, unavailable. Yeah, and you know, after that game on on Friday, I said that there's a lot of players uh, sitting in the physio this week. Going, I'm I'm just gonna have a, I just need a little bit of TLC this week, sort of thing. But um, yeah, it would be handy to have. Uh, uh, you know, an honest assessment of this is where we are with because it saves the speculation, doesn't it? It saves the the are they out? Are they injured? Are they like Combia? We didn't know what was going on with Combia, and then yeah, we, we, had were, to... yeah, we were just told that he was ill and he was ill for one week, then two weeks, then three weeks, then four weeks. Like thinking, what hell Ill- illness is yeah. this? Yeah, so it's it would be. You know, so we we were on my other podcast last night. We talked to Simon Mudrak, and and he was very, you know, open and honest about you know where we are as a as a region and where all regions are in 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 Wales, etc. Um, and he was talking about how interacting with fans is a good thing. You know, we need to shake off the the, the not we the the club needs to shake off that idea that. You can't talk to anyone. You can't interact with anyone. You can't do this. You can't do that. And to be fair, players are starting to um, to embrace that. You know, starting to kind of understand that. But if the club could do that as well with things like here's a weekly um, injury update, or uh, do you know what I mean? It just yeah, it's like I, I know they do it on Cardiff, but they've got the four G pitch. So they can do it, but maybe last game of the season, maybe allow the fans onto the pitch just mm. to be with all the players at the end. Something like that would be, you know, especially if you've got kids with you, that'd be that'd be something an awesome experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, our last game at home, I think, is the Edinburgh game, isn't it? Well, apart from European fixtures, I suppose. Because uh, last, sharks. yeah, I was the Sharks, is it? Uh, yeah, Edinburgh are next. Then we got Munster away, and then it's. Well, if we beat Breiv, we'll have another home quarterfinal. So we'll have the Sharks on, I think, the last weekend, proper weekend of March. Mm. Breiv then on the Friday night, the 31st. And then we'll have another home game for the quarterfinal. And should we manage to win that, we'll get another home semi-final. Mm. So the the league home games ends, I think, the 25th of March. Yeah, which just seems a ridiculously early time to end, you know. To, for that it, to be our last home game. Yeah, but I, I, it is early, and I, I, I don't like it. But you know, I, I don't think we got any games in May as it stands. No. So. No. And the season you know, always used to end in May. It always used. Yeah, to be... it was always sort of the, the middle of the second weekend of May. It'd be the end, and then it'd either be the last weekend of May or the first weekend of June would be you know the grand final of all the playoffs and yeah. everything. Yeah, but. Anyway, yes, it would be nice to to do that. So, so let's talk about who had a really good game on on Friday then, because that's going to take a while. <laughs> yeah, who, who impressed you? Who impressed me? David Hughes impressed me a lot, mm. and you know, majority of people would probably say Dan Davis should have been the first name on by year, but you know, he, he's obvious. We all know he was brilliant, but I, I've got to give a shout out to David Hughes. You know, he he hasn't even been involved in the in the squad for the last month since Ken Owens has come back. You know, for some reason we were playing Sean Evans on the bench, 
which mm. you know in my hierarchy of how our hookers go I, I wouldn't have put him there personally no disrespect to the player I just think David Hughes is a really really good hooker mm-hmm. and he he did his job massively well he carried hard he tackled his heart out he did everything that was asked of him and more yeah and you could see um he won a couple of turnovers and you could see the um by the way he reacted you know the guy was pumped and he he was pumped for the whole match he was you know i think he's he's looking at it and going you know ken owens is away um it's probably going to be well gatlander said that after the world cup there'll be a new captain and ken owens probably won't be featuring the in in next year's six nations um so you know He's in that bit of well, Ken's coming to the end of his career. Scarlets are going to need a uh, somebody to replace. Rumours about Ryan Elias leaving, going elsewhere. Um, you know, we need a who's who's going to replace Ken. You know, who's going to Ken will probably have two or three seasons with us, a bit like Foxy is. You know, where it tails off. You know, he's, you've you've done your international stuff, you've done your British Lions. And now you're doing your club stuff, um, but you're also getting a bit older. So you, you know, you pick up like Foxy's got that, that that little injury that keeps you up for two weeks here and two weeks there, and we need somebody to come through and replace. So, you know, the competition for Hooker at Scarlet's below Ken Owens at the minute is is quite intense, and I think everyone is benefiting from it. You know, everyone's taking their game up a notch and. Yeah, who who is top of the tree at the minute? Yeah, and you know the, the hooker, the the stocks hooker doesn't just stop with you know Sean Evans, David Hughes, Taylor Davis. We we we've got two boys with the Wales under twenties at hooker as well. So you know what that production line is is going well. Hmm. And you know, so we'll talk about Wales twenties and and all of that um, sort of stuff later. But it, it's a good kind of indication of where we are as a club. Maybe not, you know, we, 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 let's be realistic. We're still two off the bottom, but it feels like we're playing the rugby of a top table side, if that makes sense. I mean, if if, if you want to go, uh, you know, the way I like to look at it, I like to look at the, at the stats. I like to, you know, maybe take five minutes off a match here and there where we were winning, you know, with five minutes to go. <laughs> yeah. I like doing that. And, you know... N- None of our, I think only our line out is, you know, bottom half. And when you talk about stats, when when you look at it, all of them individually, you know, our, our attack, I think, is one of the best in the league when you talk yeah. in clean yeah. breaks, defenders beaten, etc. And, you know, everything is pretty solid, you know, mm. barring our line out. You know, we, we should be in just, just looking, without looking at the league table, just looking at the stats. And you're looking at position for each different thing, and you're thinking, yeah, we are definitely a top half team. We are, you know, potentially we could be looking for a home knockout, but obviously, you know, wins and losses unfortunately count. You know? Yeah, yeah, but it's um, you know, you can feel the positive. I, the bit, the player I was impressed with on Friday, not necessarily because of his what he did around the pitch, but which was good, but um, Shingler as captain. I thought he, I thought he captained that side really, really well, because we were up against it. That second half, we were up against it, and somebody in the middle there is going, 
right, we keep going, we keep going, we keep going. We're still in the lead. We're still two. Those last, you know, five, ten minutes before we scored that try, where we're taking a pound in and they should have kicked. You know, they they, they had two yeah. opportunities to kick and put themselves in the lead. And we we defended on, on our line. You know, that's very much about Shingler going, you know, this this doesn't happen. You know, we, we, we defend and we defend and we defend again. So I was quite impressed with him, aside from the stuff that he did around the pitch. Um, I was quite impressed with the way he he led the side. Yeah, he, he was he was really good. I mean, I, I'm not going to be... Uh, I, I, I got to be honest, I was really disappointed when Steph Evans didn't get the captaincy. Yeah. <laughs> I you thought know, he had a haircut. Was... I thought Steph Evans had had a haircut, <laughs> and then he turned up on Friday with a bloody mullet. Anyway, carry uh, on. You gotta leave it. You gotta leave us here alone, man. Or oh, you'll start uh... talking about years, and we don't want to go down that road. <laughs> no, Fingler uh, was incredibly influential in that game. I, I was really surprised when um, he got subbed off. No, I, I really didn't expect it. So you know, it'd be interesting to know who our captain was for you know for that last part of the match. Mm. But you know, he is an older player. He is you know he's becoming that that wise old man that doesn't. No, I don't want to say he doesn't do as much because he he still does. But it's sort of you don't see him do as much, and what you do see him is very important. Yeah, yeah, and you know, but you could see. He does a lot more work around the uh, around the tight now. He's a lot more involved in in rocks and moors, particularly releasing the ball out of there. Do you know what I mean? Instead of taking the ball into contact and maybe trying to make another two or three meters, he's very much that let's rip it and get shot quite quick sort of a play. Yeah. And you could see that that the, the ball was getting released a lot quicker from rocks and moors than, yeah. than it usually does. I, I I can agree entirely with that. I mean, Shingler has always been that player very much. Well, I, I'd say in the shape of, but, you know, Sam Lousy and Fafita are more in the shape of Shingler, where, you know, yeah. they go through the tackle, they've got that bit of height, they move around and they look for the offload. And mm-hmm. I think with the having the likes of Lousy and Fafita and then the extra carrying from the likes of Dan Davis, I, I think it makes it easier for him he doesn't have to focus too much on that so we can do the nitty gritty he can yeah. he can stay in around the rack he can do what he has to you know secure the ball you know marshalling it basically mm. and he, he did re- he's doing it really well yeah absolutely so the one area we were concerned on last week was centers and we had your nicholas and um, Joe Roberts. No sign. I didn't see Eddie James. Did Eddie James get on? I don't think he did. But I did see him warming up. And, okay, he's not the thicker set of boy. But he, he's a lanky bugger. He's he's pretty big. So, yeah. you know, and he's 20 years old. We still got a couple of years to get our man, that man strength, that man muscle in him. So he, he's going to be a, a real big unit and difficult to handle once he gets on that park. Yeah, well, I've seen him a couple of times for Clefley. He's been playing a lot for Clefley this year, and he had uh, yeah one game was on S four C against Ebbo Bale, I think it was. Took the ball just outside his own twenty two, all the way. Just ran and just uh, uh, he got taken down five yards out by about three players. But 
you know, the guy he's he's got pace, he's got size, he's got hands. Um, I can't I can't wait to see him introduced. You know, um, I thought Yo and Nicholas actually had quite a decent game. You know, because yeah. he's not he's not the biggest player, but he did half decent. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. You know, when I saw Yoan being named a twelve, I I was worried. Not not from the attacking point of view. He's a brilliant attacker, but you know, I, I've never seen him play a twelve. And you know, coming against a ball as a big South African side, I was thinking, oh, this is this could be a long day. But all being us and credit, his tackling, his defence was brilliant. Outstanding. Yeah. He, he didn't get as much opportunity to you know go forward as he would have personally liked, but you know he was solid and you know he's, he he is that utility player that we've now got. You know you know eleven through to fifty and he'll play anywhere. You know a little bit like Paul Asquith was for a few years, hmm. and you know it's it's probably not nice being that player because you never really nail down that one spot. But it's good to have someone like that in and around just for emergencies like it was against the balls. But then, you know, somebody like that is, you know, I class them as a, a good solid club player because you know that they're going to be around for a long time. He's going to start racking up appearances quite quickly. Do you know what I mean? Because he doesn't need to wait for, uh, you know, is is so-and-so injured, you know, is, is Scott Williams injured for me to get my opportunity? You know, he's got five different positions he can play and anyone's injured in those positions, he can step in. So I think he's going to be one of those players that, you know, hits 50, 100, 150 appearances really, really quickly. And we'll be sitting there going, actually, yeah, he, he's a good, solid... I don't think he's ever going to be... Um, I don't think he'll ever be like in the, the, the Wales frame. Bit like Steph Evans. Steph Evans is out out of the Wales frame, and but is still top meters, top try scorer, uh, very nearly top all time try scorer in the URC. So you know sometimes your face just doesn't fit, or your size, your shape doesn't fit in the national game. But I think Yoan know, Nicholas is going to be with us for a very very long time as a, as a rock solid player and. And I think that's a good thing. I, I really do. I, I, I see someone like Eddie James and, and Joe Roberts being involved in Wales in the coming years. Uh, I think they're the sorts of players that will go up to to the national side. And you know, and Nicholas will be a scarlet through and through. But I might be wrong. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds is what we'll yeah. say at the end of that. Yeah. So let's let's have a look at the future then, and um, let's have a look at the Wales Twenties for um, for Friday. Friday they play in Ireland, isn't it? So um, yes, we've got have we got eleven players in the squad, haven't we? Eleven players from the Scarlets. I mean that is a phenomenal. Last season, I think we had three, didn't we? And uh, we had Harry Williams at Scrum Half. Archie went in for one game. And then there was someone else. So there weren't a massive amount of players going in last year. And so 11 is a massive improvement. Yeah, and a lot of them being forwards is another step in a, in a good direction for us. Because, you know, we, we produce brilliant backs. We we know this, but 
know, there's five front rowers in this under-20 squad from us, so it's absolutely brilliant. So who have we got in the in the squad then? Who, who are the front row players in the squad? Okay, I'm just trying to pull it up. We've got Josh Morse, which I believe is a loose head. Mm-hmm. We've then got Tom Pritchard and Will Couch with tight deads. And we've got two young hookers in Lewis Morgan, who I think he may have made an appearance at the Scarlets already, and Isaac Young. Mm-hmm. They're so, all front rowers. Mm, I think Lewis Morgan has trained with... Um, he's a Tembi boy. So I think he's trained with the seniors a fair bit and there was talk of him coming on. Um, I, I can remember seeing his name on a team sheet before in the replacements. I can't remember if he got on the pitch, but I can remember him being named. Yeah. Well, he, he's a he's a good, strong, aggressive um, hooker. But I think he just shows what an academy system can do, what, what the academy system can produce because I know we've had a lot of front rowers in academy and the thing with academy is it takes a while to to produce you know an outcome it's a bit like planting asparagus asparagus takes two years (laughs) it takes two years to grow you know uh, and harvest um so you know the, the the guys that are there it takes time but the point of being in the academy is that you get that time you get that support to you know to to do the bulking to do your fitness work to do your skill work to all of that kind of a stuff and not necessarily um you know you're not having to hold down a job you're not having to um do other things you're just right you're going to be a pro player so less work on you being a pro player sort of thing yeah, what what something I'd like to see is, I I know you spoke with Simon Mudrak last night on another podcast, and I know you said that he's talked about expanding the academy. But what I would like to see is that basically I don't want to call it a development team, but I want to turn Llanelli RFC into a breeding ground for the Scarlets. Hmm. I would like to see, you know, probably. 15, maybe 18 boys who are involved in our academy setup in their match day 23 every week and then just have uh, five or six more experienced leaders around the park? Well, to be honest, um, they pretty much are. The, the Clethley side, most of the Clethley sides that get put out have got academy players in or Scarlet's players who are not involved in the 23. Um Kamal and Quinns have usually got four or five. I'm not sure where Llandovery are in the, the setup at the minute because they, they used to be one of the key teams that players would go out to. Um, and I've not seen many, many academy boys turn out for Llandovery, I'll be honest. But definitely Clethley is pretty much um, packed with... Scarlet's players, people like yeah. uh, Luca Giannini, you know, he's he's a big prospect for the future, and he's he's only just coming up into senior academy. Um, you know, uh, Caleb Salmon, who's with uh, Wales Twenties, so he's been playing a lot for Commanding Quinns. You know, so the, the the players are out there doing it, and it's I think it's finding the right club for them to develop in. Um, but it's I've definitely seen it more this season than last season. Yeah, I, I I can't argue that there has been a lot more involvement. 
there's no like you know how Cardiff are the RFC they've basically been told that they are the development and that's what they're doing mm-hmm. I don't want it to be a strict you know you were only here to develop I still want an FERFC to be successful you know because mm-hmm. as much as we are the Scarlets we are an FERFC as well mm-hmm. you know and you won't like we talk like say and Kamad and Quinns have had the most of the academy boys. You know those two teams are at the bottom of the table, and you know Canterbury yeah. are, are first in the Premiership. So you know obviously there is a balance in that to consider. But yeah, there has been a lot more players getting game time lower down, which you know especially when you're talking youngsters, and especially young front rowers, you know mm. you need to play to get experienced. Yeah. And I think the the key bit about playing is you just maintain your fitness as well. There's it's all well and good going out on a Saturday. You're right. I'm not involved in the twenty three or whatever, and I'll do a, a a half hour fitness session or whatever. But actually playing in the game and you know that constant battle for eighty minutes it sharpens you. It it gives you a type yeah. of fitness that you don't get just doing you know laps on the pitch or whatever. So. Yeah, there's a massive difference between being fit and being match fit. Mm. And I think that's, you know, our the way our academy works now, I think it's, it's really starting to show its worth. And I would like to, to see more of it being used. So you can see how our academy is developing just by the amount of players that are now involved in that, that world squad. And like you say, the the forwards, people like Caleb, um, has been, you know, that that wasn't our our strength in the past. So the fact that it now is is a good thing. And we we we've, we've got two scrum halves in there as well. You know, Harry and Archie. You know, the the I, when we talk about who's leaving at the end of the season at some point. One of our three Welsh international scrum halves is probably going to go. You know, you can't hold three international scrum halves in in your squad, and um, we've got depth in that position to come through definitely. So, when when we do, you know, those are difficult conversations at the end of the year. But well, they're, they're going to be having well, it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The. Apparently, all the contracts are going to be sorted within the next month. But you know, we were told that last month too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to hold much hope for that. Well, again, my draft last night is quite confident that you know we're going to um, we're going to get the contract situation sorted quite quickly. I think he's quite frustrated about how long it's taken. You know, just reading between the lines of what you were saying about how much time this has taken, December 2021 was when they started conversations on this. You know, so it's over 12 months to negotiate the contract. I know it's six years and what have you, but, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of negotiation time to that, that you could be spending playing rugby, you know, investing in the rugby. But, yeah, know. I mean, I, I would hope that, you know, they've all, they've been speaking to the boys all season and been like really honest. I mean, like, look, if, you know, if, if uh, the deal is this much, then you're definitely going to be staying. Or as look, chances are we're not going to be able to keep you unless they give us enough money. So you know, have, have a look, keep your options open. I, I would hope that they have spoken to the boys in that sort of manner. Yeah, 
And what I like is the fact that we haven't seen lots of rumours coming out of the Scarlets. You know, um, Cardiff is like a sieve for for rumours and Newport is worse. And we've been able to kind of not keep a lid on it, but you'd you'd like to think that the players are um, having conversations amongst themselves or or having conversations with management and are quite comfortable about what's going to happen. So, you know, quite often the people behind the scenes just come in for flack, left, right and centre with this sort of stuff. But the way they're managing it at the minute, uh, full credit to them, we know there are difficult conversations coming and we know people are going to leave the club. That's, that happens at the end of every season. So the way it's being looked after, if we put it that way, um, has been quite good. I mean, quite good. But we we won't talk about who we expect to leave because... Because there's some, there's some big names on our list, I know. Yeah. And it's it's going to be hard. Maybe we'll do that in the middle of the Six Nations. We'll save that for the middle of the Six Nations. But, yeah, so um, who else have we got involved in the Wales 20s, mate? So we've oh. got forwards, we've done scrum halves. Who else have we got? Yeah, let me get my screen back up. Yeah, we talked the front row, as we said, Caleb Salmon and Luca Giannini, both, you know, both others forwards, and then uh, Archie Archie Hughes. I was about to say Archie Williams. Yeah, I was thinking who's that? <laughs> so, Archie Hughes, Harry Williams of Scrum Arves. and then we've got Jack Davis and Kian Abraham. Now, that's mm. a name I'm not familiar with. No, I've heard Jack Davis before. Um, yeah, I, I, I've heard all those names except for Kian Abraham. So maybe he's a new player that's come. I know with you know the the process that academy is. You kind of you're always looking, and when somebody takes your eye, you kind of go right, okay, let's get them in. So it might be somebody that's come in recently. Um, yeah, it could be could be an exile that's come over as well, couldn't it? Yeah, but full credit to the club for for looking to bring people in and not being frightened to bring people into the academy. I think when yeah. They- the only thing I'm going to say is from this uh, Wales under-20 squad is there's, there's a second row coming out of RGC. So, you know, they, they haven't got a professional link-up. So, mm. you know, get, get a conversation and we don't produce many second rows. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we can have a conversation. Well, there is a um, there's a second row in there as well. Oh, what's his name? Green from Harlequins. Um, yeah. Johnny Green. Yeah. So I'm sure he's the guy that is quite likely to come west as well. He's um, had conversations to come this way. Oh, happy days! I, I think it's him. I know there was. I know there was somebody that was um, in an English club, Wales twenty second row, absolutely humongous. Um, that is looking to come west. So, you know, fingers crossed, that might be... Yeah, but how far west are we talking? <laughs> All the way? We're talking Red West. We're talking Westerer is bester, mate. So, <laughs> so what... Um, I mean, Ireland under-20s are pretty phenomenal, let's be honest. Their yeah, the under-20 system is superb. Is, I'll be honest. I Have you ever watched the uh, Leinster School Senior Cup? Like I, I'm sure it's been on like the play and stuff. You know these these are under 18 school boys. No, no, no Leinster academy. You know some of these boys do go into it, but mm. 
the standard they play in, and that's just one quarter of Ireland. You know, the entire age grade setup from from the bottom all the way through to the four provinces is uh, is outstanding. You know, this, this, the sheer amount of players, they get the quality of coaching and then get the game time as well to keep them going. It's a brilliant model to look at and it should be something that we look at, you know, adopting ourselves. Obviously, in our own way, we don't want to just copy and paste. There's nothing nothing good will come from that because, you know, you've got to look at your own advancement. Yeah, so that's, that's Ireland 20s, Wales 20s is going to be a tight, tight game. Um, who else have we got playing this weekend? So we um the the girls played last weekend, didn't they? The um, yeah, eighteen girls. Our Scarlet, our Scarlet and Dragons girls. You know they had a game against uh, Dragons eighteens, and you know it, it was a it was a hard game. You know lost thirty nine seven, but on the positive note, we scored first. We were mm. in that game. You know you yeah. got to take the positives where you can. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, not going to read too much into it. So you know, this is just under eighteen. This is just a second game. They they only get to play a few games this season. So just the fact that they play in is brilliant. Mm. Uh, and then on the weekend now, they are playing RGC. Yeah, and we're not sure whether that's at Ospreys or at um, Astrid Manor, are we? So yeah, we we know it's not. Up in North Wales again, yeah. But uh, we we haven't we, we know it is somewhere a bit further east. We just haven't you know pinpointed exactly where at the minute. Well, we'll put that on our socials as well when they release the site because I think it's important. It's important that that we, in the same way that we look at the development of the the male players, you know, we look at the, at the female players. And so the the question was asked last night about what's happening with Scarlet's women's team, you know, the Scarlet ladies. Um, yeah. yeah, there was a bit of a sidestep with that. I'll be honest, it wasn't a, we are running the side this year, or we aren't running the side this year. It, it was very much about we're committed to producing a, a, a women's team. But I haven't seen anything about Scarlet ladies this year. Have you? No, um, I mean, I I did contact the Scarlets earlier in the season asking for information, and well, it wasn't a blunt, you know, we don't have a women's team. It was like we don't have any information on a women's team to give you. Hmm. So, I, I'm not sure. I I think this Celtic development competition has, you know, kind of taken priority over that for the time being. Hmm. But you know, getting a full Scarlets women's is going to be brilliant. And something I mean, I'm liking about the under 18s, even though you know it's it's not local enough, you know, for me to go and attend with my daughters. It's free entry for the two games on the day. Yeah. And yeah. you know, just just to get that sort of exposure, just you know, if if you've got young girls who like rugby or you want to try and see if they'll get interested, knowing mm-hmm. that there's you know older girls playing that you can take them and watch for free, it, it it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, and and long may that last because it is important that the girls. Well, once you go and you start watching and you start becoming familiar with the players and all of that kind of stuff, it's 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 a really enjoyable game to watch, and it's, it it's, a, it's a shame there's not more of it on the telly and and at the park. But what what Simon was talking about last night was double headers, so the women's game playing before the men's game. 
whether that be on the park or on the training pitch, you know, there'd, there'd be a there would be a a a double header to get more people to watch the women's game. So, you know, yeah, I I think that's an idea that can be you know used for everything. That could be used for the RFC. That could be used for under teams as well. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. It'd be good. Okay, what else we got left to talk about, mate? We, uh, we got the boys, the boys 18s, they're back in action this week. Yep, so they're playing Cardiff tomorrow night, or oh, um, Wednesday night. Um, actually, so they got a, a tough run of games over the next week. They've got Cardiff on Wednesday, they've got the rearranged Ospreys fixture on Sunday, um, and then they've got uh, uh, Dragons away next Wednesday as well. So it's a Three games in eight days is is what they've got. So I think they've been playing quite well up till now. Really do see the forwards have been massively improved on on last season. Um, back row in particular have been you know just everywhere, which has been great. Oh, we know you love that back row. I, I do, mate. And and I watch them play in, and sometimes you've got to count how many of the boys are on the pitch. You know, the way they work together, the work rate that they've got. Um, it's you know the turnovers, and they're going up against people that got big reputations, and they're making them look small, you know. Particularly, um, you know the Cardiff boys. So Harry Bedell, uh, open side for Cardiff, comes with a big reputation. Um, we barely noticed him when we played up in Cardiff, you know, and our boys were absolutely everywhere. So fingers crossed, we can keep that going. You know, we can keep that going. So, my boy's not playing this week, but um, hopefully, he'll be involved uh, against your Ospreys is the game he wants to play. It's a game everyone wants to play, isn't it? But yeah. Well, you, the question is, will you be there this Wednesday? I can't, mate. I've got. This is why. So we've got building work going on. Um, obviously, aye, aye, excuses. <laughs> um, he's away in um, Hartbury. Um, so it's like two hours for him to come home and two hours for him to go back and, and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it is it is a bit more difficult on uh, uh, for this week, but hopefully next week um, should be able to go watch the Ospreys game. Should be able to go watch Dragons game. Fingers crossed. But yeah, not making it this week. So terrible. Yeah, but yeah, a big <laughs> big set of games coming up. For the under a lot of games, yeah, and by you know by the end of that dragons game, we'll know whether we're you know looking at the top of the table or not. And, and I can't see any reason why we we won't be because we put the dragons away. Dragons were well and truly controlled in in that game. We should have beaten Cardiff if we'd uh, released the ball. Uh, and, and let our backs run a, a, a little bit sooner, we would have won that game because um, our forwards dominated it. So, you know, Ospreys were pretty much toe-to-toe with Cardiff and have been toe-to-toe with the Dragons. You know, they're on that level. So I think we should quite comfortably put them away. It, it'll be a forwards battle again because uh, that's the way the Ospreys are. But what I've noticed with the Ospreys 18s is they're a lot more willing to run the ball from deep now. They will run it from their 22. They will run it from their, their own half. And that's the only thing that has kind of changed. So as long as our defence is, you know, where it's been for the first couple of games, 
we'll be fine. We've got no probs with that at all. So, yeah, fingers crossed. There we go. So, just the Wales game to talk about then, is it? Yeah, yeah, just the Wales game. Nothing, <laughs> nothing really important. Uh, do we want to skip over the stuff in the WRU? I think it's been... So many people have said so many things over the last... It's... It's just not really much we can add, you know. You no, know, all we can really say is, you know, people people are being pushed out. Well, they say they've resigned, but they were pushed out. Hmm. And, you know, things seem to be getting investigated. Things might, you know, start to look positive in the near future. And that's that's all we can really say at the minute, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so what, what I'm not liking is the way on Twitter people are complaining about bullying by bullying people um that kind of there's a lot of stuff on social media uh about you know naming and shaming people and, and i'm not got a problem with naming and shaming people but it's it's the way it's, i think the problem isn't just the wyu it's the attitude within welsh rugby and a lot of the people who are criticizing the attitude and and the culture within the wyu are doing exactly the same thing themselves on social media you know, and um, so yeah, for my my two penneth in it is it's not the WIU that we need to change. It's not just the WIU that we need to change. I think it's Welsh rugby as a whole, the way we think about the game, the way we play, the way we think about how we relate to each other, and uh, all of that needs to improve. So that's my two pennies, Jordan, <laughs> in the jail. So let's let's talk Wales and Ireland, mate. What's your what are you hoping for from the game? Uh, I'm not really hoping for anything from the game. I mean, it's it's a massive shake-up with Gatland coming back, and we know the style of play of well, the style of game he likes to play. So it's not going to be very you know very enjoyable to watch from an attacking point of view, mm-hmm. but it should be good you know structurally in defence. Um, the only thing I'm really looking forward to is probably seeing, you know, David Jenkins, uh, maybe Reese Davis and Kieran Williams on the pitch. Uh, I think, you know, these boys could be, you know, uh, the future of Wales in in that their positions. Mm. You know, we we need new locks. This, you know, we can't keep relying on, you know, Alan Wynn to keep, you know, giving performances when he's in his forties, and we already know that. Uh, Oh, what's his name? Rolands yeah, is buggering Roland. off. Mm. So we need new blood in in the lock. You know, we've we've pulled a few boys in, so hopefully we get to see them. And you know, I I am really looking forward to seeing Kieran Williams at twelve. Uh, I think it'd be good to put him and Tompkins together. I don't think it's going to happen, mm. but I think you know having those two in the centre together would be would be really good to watch. You know. Mm. We know how good Tompkins is, especially his jinking, his movement, and his passing is, you know, it's it's not too shoddy. Mm. And you know the way Kieran Williams is, the way he punches holes, I I think it'd be a good combination. Yeah, it, I just can't see. I can't. I can see Kieran Williams there. I just, I don't know if he's a Gatland type player. I just think he's too small. Gatland's big on physicality. Gatland's not big on skill. He does. He's he doesn't. You know, can you do the basics well? Is is what he's interested in. So, um, yeah, he. Turned, I I'd see kind of Mason Grady going in 
ahead of of Kieran Williams just on size, you know, on the, and he, he's a big lump of a boy. But I'm I'm the same as you, mate. I don't think it's going to be the most enjoyable game to watch in terms of. I think if anybody's going to be spreading the ball, it's going to be Ireland. You know, that's not a that's not a a thing that we say too often. Um, yeah, I I can't see our wings getting the ball unless Ireland kick it to them. You know, and I guess just the way we're going to play the game through the World Cup, and then we might look to evolve it after the World Cup. But I can't see a massive change from Warren Ball Mark Two. In all honesty, it's it's a little bit disappointing because we are we. I know the results hadn't gone the way, but we had seen progress on that side of the game under Pivac. And we know we can't be losing as many matches, but at the same time, we don't want to be taking a backward step. Mm. We still want to try and, you know, push our backs, push our our forwards even for the, you know, the support lines, the dummy runs. We can't just re- rely on our, you know, our, our fast boys to do all that sort of work. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your prediction then? What are you... What's your prediction for? Uh, for, for yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be close, but I, I can't see past Ireland. Yeah, I'm the same. It's it's hard to to predict a Wales loss, but I yeah, I, Ireland number one in the world. We're still pretty much trying to find our best combination at front row and second row. We've got a whole lot of players in there that are injured in the squad. You know, and Never just coming back. That. Yeah, I, you look at our front row. You've got Win Jones played half a game. You've got Leon Brown played half a game. You know, we're not really, we're not all singing or dancing there at the at the minute. But they're players that weren't there for for Pivac. You know, they are players that are coming back after being injured for Pivac. So, yeah, it's um. It'd be an interesting game in the sense of right, okay, let's see what's what's going on. But yeah, I'm I'm predicting a Wales loss as well, same with you. I'm going fifteen twelve. I don't think it'd be a high scorer. I think it'd be a lot of penalties. And, yeah, I think it'd be a little bit higher than that, but yeah, it's gonna be a single score game. Yeah. So yeah. And we started so positive. We started on the Bulls game and we were so up for it. We were so <laughs> yeah, you know. You shouldn't be talking about Wales, you know. It's it, it's just what it does to you, yeah, unless you, you <laughs> unless you had a nice win the week before. You know, it's it's hard stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So we'll do Wales again next week, and the the last thing to cover off then is the community game from uh, from last weekend. Oh, editing this week is going to be a pain in the backside, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. What um let's go through the scores from last week's games. Have you have you got them there? Yes, I've got the scores by here. I am prepared, unlike some people. Yeah. We had a question on um on Facebook asking us could we do the same for commanding teams? Could we do like a, a commanding podcast? Which Yeah, that's that's something I'll I'll talk to you when we finish now. Yeah, it's it's stick with us. We'll work on it. Is is what is, is my answer to that one. So go on. Then. Let's start with Narbeth. Let's start with Narbeth. Let's start with Narbeth. Narbeth at home, Kirk Morgan, and a massive victory for the Otters. Fifty-one <laughs> points to twenty-eight. Mm. Don't can't say the word, but something awesome. 
yeah, it was oh. good. It was a good positive win. Um, and the attitude of the game as well was was excellent. So yeah, fair play to them. It was uh, yeah. It's a, you can see there's a buzz in the club at the minute. So there yeah. is. We we we've got to love Narbus. We got to push for them. You know, let, let's. I, I don't think it's going to happen this season, but let's get them in the Premiership. Come on. Yeah, it's got to be a plan. It's got to be a plan. So Division One then, and uh... yeah, Division One West. Couple of games to look at. Uh, Krimich, you know, keeping the uh, league run going, 24 points to 17 over Gasainan. Mm. You know, good, solid win. Keeps them in that in that hunt for the league championship. Yeah, yeah. And again, a lot of positivity in the club at the minute. A lot of a lot of good stuff happening. So, yeah, enjoying that one. Yeah. Then we go into uh, Newcastle Emlyn, who hosted Aberystwyth. Now you know we we were hoping Aberystwyth were going to be able to do a do a favour by you, mm. and uh, maybe you know put Turn their own over. title put their own title credentials you know <laughs> up on the front page. But uh, you know, forty points to fourteen to Newcastle Emlyn, it just it just didn't go the way we we would have liked it. Yeah, yeah, but and I then, didn't realise Gareth Thomas, well uh, Welsh prop, he's from Newcastle Emlyn as well. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realise that. They're they're a club that produces a lot. Of big players, a lot of big players, but there we go. So, and then the last, the last game in Division One West was mm-hmm. uh, a, a bit of a derby, Wickland <laughs> and Pembroke. Yeah, Pembroke's and, big uh, opportunity to get a win on the board and didn't. Forty-seven <laughs> fifteen. Now we we've been saying where's Wickland, and you know maybe this can kickstart it. Yeah. Probably not, but we can say it. Yeah. yeah, I just think it's it's against Pembroke. Um, yeah, we're a second division side, mate. We, we're probably, well, we're definitely in a division too high for the, the players that we've got and the structure that we've got. So, yeah, I wouldn't read too much into Whitland giving Pembroke a bit of a kick in. Um Pembroke you will come back. Me down, don't know. No, it's, it's, <laughs> I think Pembroke will come back down. They'll do, you know, a couple of seasons of development and then we'll go back up in, in kind of probably two, three seasons time with a bit of a stronger side, a bit of a bit more strength in depth, which I think what's needed. So yeah, yeah, it'll, well it'll, depend on, it'll depend on the restructuring of the you know the whole season, the whole thing goes at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah, we might end up in Division Four, Division Four East or something. <laughs> the way things go at the minute, isn't it? So uh, um, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So Division Two, couple we had a uh, derby game in Division Two as well, didn't we? Yeah, we had a derby game. We had Tenby at home to Fishguard, and you know, as far as derby go, as derbies go, you know, this this is you know a scoreline you like to see. You know, twenty four, twenty one to ten B. You know, that's it. Mm. Tight game all the way through. Yeah, and fair play to Fishguard. You know they've had a bit of a torrid time of it lately, but to push and push and push. Um, yeah, by all by all accounts, it was a really good game as well. People yeah. wanted to play open rugby, so yeah, well done both. Congrats to Temby. Uh, Milford, did they back up their win from the week before? You know what? I this this was really disappointing for me to talk about. You know. <laughs> 
go into face Ponte Berem, who hadn't won a single game in the league this season. So, you know, they, they've gone September, October, November, December, and majority of January without winning a league game. And what did they do? They beat Milford Haven. Bloody yeah. hell. 13-11, it was tight. You know, Milford probably could have done it if they'd, you know, if they had a bit more noose about them. But, you know, still, you go to a winless team in January, you, you should be pulling that off. Yeah, especially coming off a, a big win the week before. Um, you know, it's, it is it is disappointing that they couldn't back it up. Because that's what you, you need to build that momentum. You need to build game after game. But, yeah, a bit disappointing. But there we go. That's rugby. That's well done, Ponteberum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was, that was really hard yeah. to <laughs> So let's have a look at Division 3 then, mate. What have we got in Division 3? Yeah, only a few games in the actual league this week. You know, three West Day, as we call it. Uh, Cardigan, you know, 31-0 over St. David's. Only... Which was a shock. I, I thought St. David's would have competed a lot better. I yeah, guess. I mean, we, we all love St. David's. I mean, you can't not love them. And it, it, it is disappointing, especially, you know, they they haven't been winning much, but they had a, a couple of decent results. You yeah. know, I think it was, what was it, 10-8 against Aberdeen. You know, you, you'd think they'd... They'd have been a bit better. Yeah, but they've been competitive. So, you know, that's it. That's the way it goes. So, who Next else have we got? Up. Next up is a brilliant game, you know, oh. from our, our, our favourite two-street team, Langham against Pembroke Quinns. And, you know, but, you know, Langham had to do it, didn't they? Just yeah. to upset you. I, I, I can't understand. Well, Quinns haven't played since before Christmas. Excuses. Nearly a full month off. And... I just can't understand how you can let Langham do that. I just yeah. don't. It's it's a local derby. It's well, most games in this division are, you know. But there should have been something. There. Quinn should have put them away. Should have. Yeah. But there we go. Fair play, Langham. You know, you play the game. You play what's in front of you, and they come out on top. So fair play to them. They've 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 taken it, and uh, that's the way it is, isn't it? Yeah, 17 points to 14. So, you know, it, it wasn't a massive victory, but a victory all the same. Yeah, absolutely. Fair play. Fair play. And, and... the last league game was Nayland at home to Aberaeron. And we just, you know, spoke uh, last week a little bit about Aberaeron. They, you know, they're still winning, but they're on a bit of a slump. And, you know, Nayland been playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, it was kind of shocked when I saw, you know, Aberaeron winning 16-14. Mm. But a close game. Close game, you know. I think I predicted Aberaeron to win that one, didn't I? Because I was good. Uh, if I predicted it, you probably did. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's good to see close games, though. You know, sometimes you need to play those close games to to really, you know, find out where your grit is, your determination, and things like that. So, yeah, yeah. a good game. A good game. And then, uh, you know, last week we we spoke about uh, some of the league teams that were in the cup. We had Lampeter at home to Pontecleen. Uh, Lampeter won 21 points to eight, so they go on to the next round. Cool. And then we had a, a, a bit of a derby in Larne and St. Clair's. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately for Larne, they, they couldn't do it the second time of asking. And uh, St. Clair's ran out 24 points to 13 winners. So, you know, congratulations to St. Clair's and Lampeter. You know, they both move on to, uh, I think it's the quarterfinals of the Division Three Cup now. Yeah. So... I think I think they play in in a couple of weeks' time, so you no, know, we'll we'll keep everyone updated on those. 
Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And on that yeah. note, then. And the last, we got one thing to talk about. We got the school's rugby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just want to end this early, don't know. Uh, I, I've got my the, the dogs going nuts with their. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll make it and we'll just, we'll just talk about Cambridge. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the boys uh, did well up in. Uh, they played in the Knoll, didn't they? And yeah, uh, they, they played really, really well. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it was a tight game for, for long stretches, and you, know, you can't fault them when, when they came into this part of the competition without a single win to their name. And mm. they've gone, they've won two on the bounce now. And you know it's it's brilliant for them. I mean, going anywhere and winning is difficult, but going to somewhere like the Knoll, yeah, um, you know, just because that can overawe you when you're you're in a in a in a big ground and you know a pretty a famous ground. Mm. So you know, a, a fourteen points to five win is you know really deserved and well done. Yeah, and none of those games are easy. None of those county schools games are easy. Because you're always up against somebody of a, a similar kind of in a similar position to yourself, and um, so yeah, fair play to them. And fingers crossed, we'll um, we'll start seeing a couple of those boys moving up into Scarlet's West. And uh, uh, I, I've got a good feeling that there'll be quite a few Pembrokeshire boys coming up as well, which will be good. Be good. Okay, are we done? And at the third time of asking, <laughs> we are done. Oh, is it my, my poor dogs are going nuts. Um, right. Okay, mate. I will uh, I will speak to you again next week. We will do this all again next week. It's going to take me ages to edit this one this week. <laughs> oh, I feel sorry for you. Yeah, I might just I put really it out go. as it is. Put it out as it is and just go, ah, oh, there you go. Listen. I'm just feeling lazy this week. Yeah, but um, yeah, you get the bloopers and everything. Yeah, <laughs> mate, have a good week. I will catch up with you next weekend or after next weekend, and uh, we'll do it all again. All the best, we will, we will. all the best to you, mate. See you soon. Best, mate. Cheers, Ta-da. You have been listening to the Westerer is Besterer podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet PEMS, find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire, or email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westerer is Besterer. Cheers. Podcast Network.